safety nets and what to think about differently in regards to life insurance as an asset class all of its own. My name is John Troms. This is Insurance Foundations. If you have been following in your finances any of the like financial gurus out there, uh, there's a couple that are really famous. Everybody knows their names. Uh, but if you've been following them or you have been following modern portfolio theory in your investment strategies, you will know that it is recommended to have at least six months, if not nine months, some people talk about a year, but having at least six months of your salary set aside in an emergency fund, something that you can access, something that is liquid. Traditionally, what's been talked about is some CDs. CDs are the most common one, actually, because CDs are highly liquidable. You can call up your broker and say, hey, I need to sell the CD. You get the CD and you have access to the money right away. There's generally very few fees involved, if anything, and it's a very safe way to store your money, have some growth, and be able to access it whenever you need it. Another one is just a straight-up old savings account. You know, just put it in the bank savings account. If you need access to it, you know where to get it. You can use the ATM. It's right there. The problem with both of these types of assets in you being used as a, a way to hold your money in case you need that is the rate of return. If you've looked at CDs or even at your savings account, you're going to notice that there is pretty much no return on that investment. We're talking 1%, less than 1%. Some savings accounts are appallingly lower than that. You know, so you're sitting, leaving your money sit there and it's, it's basically doing nothing for you. And what if, there is an option that traditionally there hasn't been very many options that people have been able to find where you could keep your money accessible, safe, and, you know, see some sort of a growth with it, be able to use it at a moment's notice. The thing that people have overlooked in all of these theories is that life insurance, if set up properly, is a wonderful asset class all of its own. If you're using it for the cash value, and I've talked about this before and talking about your personal bank, um, you know, we set up the life insurance policy to not buy more death benefit, but to have more of the money go into cash growth. Then this then becomes an asset that you can access the cash in whenever you need it. The thing that most people don't realize about life insurance companies is they are more than happy to write you a check if there's money in your account. If you have an existing life insurance policy and a permanent life insurance policy at that, not a term policy. They don't have any cash value. But if you have a permanent life insurance policy, it's going to have a cash value. And if you need that money, you can call up the life insurance company and say, I would like to take a loan. Do not say, I would like to take a distribution. Don't say you want the money. They'll just give you a distribution. That does not help you out at all. But if you take a loan, they're going to send you a check. It's going to get there with a couple within a couple days. They're really very quick about that. They have no qualms whatsoever. They don't need to know why. They just need to know the money's there and where your address is. And they will ship you the money within a couple of days. And you can use it for whatever you need to. So it's liquidable. And there's no real fees involved with getting the money. So it answers both of the requirements, really, that modern portfolio theory and other, these other uh, you know, financial people talk about. The thing that really kind of adds to this and why it would be an attractive reason for someone to start looking at this to replace just leaving it sit in CDs or in a bank account is because of the rate of return. Now, 
But going back to what CDs are giving in a rate of return and your, your savings account, less than 1%, we're talking that you can get a return, an annual return of around 6%, 5.75 to 6%. And in higher interest rate environments back in the 90s, they were giving 8%. So why not have your money sit someplace where you can still access it if you need to, and still see an actual rate of return that's nothing to snub your nose at, 6%. 6% is a really great rate of return, especially when it's guaranteed. This isn't something that you know flows around with the stock market. They declare their rates, and their rates are usually good for a year or two, or yeah, sometimes two years. They declare their rates ahead of time, and they've been consistently paying out 6% for the last 25 years. Sometimes it's down around 5.75 like it is now, uh, but it's generally around 6%. So instead of just having your money sit there and do nothing for you, now it's a growing asset. Now it's actually making money for you, which is just impossible in any other type of you know, safe, liquidable fund. The other thing to think about is distributions. You know, I've talked about the personal bank concept and how you can get a bank line of credit and access that instead of taking a loan from the life insurance. Now, taking a loan from the life insurance is a good option. It's still available to you, and you can do that anytime. The carriers that we're working with, some of the big ones, like I said, they've been giving about 6% growth, re growth rate of interest in the account. And if you take a loan from them, uh, they've been charging traditionally about 5 So you're, you're still making some money in there. Not much, but you're making some as you use the money which is kind of unreal because if you just sold your CD, you wouldn't be making anything on top of that and you would have no additional benefits because you just used the cash and it's gone. Now you get to use the cash and it's still growing at a tiny percentage. Okay, that, that's cool. It's more, more than what you would have had. If you include the bank line of credit, and there are some limits to that, and one of the limits is that you have to have at least $20,000 sitting in there. But if you've been setting aside six to nine months or even a year's worth of your salary, I'm hoping it's more than $20,000. So you've got the bank line of credit. And if your hardship comes up, you can open the bank line of credit right away, even if you don't use it. It doesn't cost you anything to keep this open. But if you do need it, then you can access it whenever you want, just like a checking account. As long as there's cash in the life insurance policy and they can see that, you can take a loan out and you can use it for whatever you want. The insurance company is still going to credit you the full amount because you didn't take out any loan as far as they can see. They're going to give you the full 6%. The bank is going to charge you a quarterly interest rate of around 3.95%. So we call it 4%. If you set it up right, and there is just a little bit of math I want you to, to look into when you do take a distribution from the, the line of credit, if you actually use it. If you can afford the quarterly payments, then don't worry about it. But if you can't afford the quarterly payments, you can actually do some math on this and find out how much those quarterly payments are going to cost and leave that buffer in the line of credit because you can actually make a payment to the line of credit from the line of credit. I know it sounds a little hokey, but it, I talked to the bank manager and you can actually do this. If there's enough room in the line of credit, you can make a payment to the quarterly interest payment from the line of credit. So that means you don't have to pay it back out of the money in your pocket right now. You can keep going through whatever it is you're going through and hopefully pay that back. If you don't, it's going to grow at 4% every year. 
Now, the thing is, your life insurance policy is growing at 6% every year, which means that you're never going to have those equal out. It sounds like a goofy concept, but there is a way to set this up. And it, like I said, it does take a lot of math, but if push comes to shove and it's the worst time in the world and you just don't recover from this, if you set it up correctly, you never have to worry about paying that back. Now, if interest rate environment changes and the bank starts charging you more interest, guess what's also going to change? The life insurance company is also going to start raising their interest rates too. So there should always be that buffer between them. If for some reason that doesn't work out that way, you have another option. You can take a loan from the life insurance company and pay off the line of credit. Then you just have that 5%, 6% difference going on in your life insurance policy. So again, if that hasn't, if we set that up correctly, then you don't have to worry about paying that back. You just have a life insurance policy that sits there. You can do what's called having it be paid up. And what that means is you call up the insurance company and say, I'm not going to be paying you any more money. And they take a look at your account and see how much money's in there, what loans you've got out. And they can do a couple of things. One, they can cancel the contract if it just doesn't make any sense, if you've borrowed out the max. Or they could drop the death benefit down to equal whatever it is you've paid in and just not accept any more payments, not allow any more loans, and just call it washed, call it done. You still have a life insurance policy that's out there. When you die, your heirs will get some money. And they just call it kind of a finished contract. It's paid up. So you have options. This adds an extra layer of protection, an extra buffer, actually almost two buffers. Instead of just liquidating your bank account or liquidating your CDs and paying your debt and hopefully living off of that, now you have a growing asset, something that potentially you could use into retirement to pay for long-term care in addition to you know whatever else is going on. There comes with a long-term care benefit built into the life insurance. If it's, you know, we set it up the one way, it's tax-free. And so if there's any extra money in there, you could actually take that out as tax-free income when you retire or whenever. If the worst thing in the world happens and you have to call it paid up, then you call it paid up and you have a small life insurance policy left for your family. So you can take your safety net, that six to nine months or a year of savings that you have set up for that hardship or that emergency rainy day, whatever scenario, whatever it is. As long as you don't touch it, it's growing at 6%, which is a real rate of return. If you do need to access it, you now have two different ways you can access it, technically three. You can cancel the life insurance policy and take all the cash out. So that's the third option. You can access it through the bank line of credit. You can take a loan from the life insurance company itself, or you can cancel the contract and take out all of your money. Life insurance is a unilateral contract, which means that you're the only one that has to do anything. If you stop doing that, then it's done. If you want to stop paying the life insurance company, you have that right. It is your right to cancel the contract. The contract only states that if you keep paying, they have to do what they promise to do. So it's all in your court. It's all up to you your options. So look at what you've got set up or look at what you don't have yet in a safety net. If you're like a lot of Americans and you haven't set this up yet, you really should set this up as life insurance. We'll change the values. It's setting it up differently. It's not getting the max death benefit. It's maximizing the cash value. And 
this is something that a lot of life insurance producers, people like me, don't really understand how to set up. Most I didn't know about this until I met the guy who was doing it as a life, as his business. And since then, I found out there are a lot of carriers that allow you to do this. But you have to know about this. You have to know how to set it up. You have to ask the right questions. And most insurance agents don't understand how to ask those questions. They don't even know what they can, to be honest. So contact me at insurancefoundations.com. Let's figure out how to set this up for you. So you can set up your rainy day fund to be a growing asset that you can use anytime you need to for any investment opportunities or for that rainy day scenario that comes up that hopefully you'll never need. And if you never need it, it is a wonderful retirement asset that's been growing for you and sitting there getting that 6% compounding interest over its life. This is a great way to start building wealth, prepare for retirement, and in a worst case scenario, leave your beneficiaries that extra something that gives them the boost that you know, we all kind of wish we'd had. So contact me again, insurancefoundations.com. There's a form on there. You can set up an appointment with me. I'd love to talk. And let's find out how this can help change how you look at your emergency fund and how you look at life insurance as an actual asset all of its own. Have a wonderful day and stay tuned. We're going to be dealing with more issues and more financial options that people have. Have a great day.